This is the Michael K. Show podcast. Listen live weekday afternoon starting at 2.55 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN. The general manager of the Jets, um, Joe Douglas, joins us now after dealing with the uh, the print media uh, on a Zoom call. Oh, Joe, the print, the worst. It's Michael, Don, and Peter. How are you today? I'm good. Now, now I'm ready for the real fastball. There you go. Here we go. Let's be warm ups out of the way. Um, are, are you shocked that this team is as bad as it is? Is there any way that you envision that there would be so much of a struggle this year? Uh, no, no. I am. Um, I, I, I am totally shocked of, of where we are right now. I did. I didn't see this coming out. I think my comments at the end of training camp. Um, conveyed that um i I said it to the media i I wasn't disingenuous at all i i just i was very optimistic about where we're out training camp and i'm sitting here eight weeks in and then and we're we're trying to be um solution oriented on you know what what we didn't see um how 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 did we get to this point and um try to try to find the the answers all right, so what? I, I don't know if you got them listed one through ten, but wh- what is the number one biggest concern where you think you got it wrong? Look, I mean, there's 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 a lot of things, um, and you know, I don't think there's I don't think there's one single thing that I, I think it's a unfortunately it's a accumulation of a lot of things, and um, you know, there there there's a lot we have to do better, you know, whether whether it's um, you know, it, it, it's everything. I, I'm trying to focus on. I'm trying to focus on what what I could have done better, and me. And um, you know, what did we do in the off season? Um, what didn't we do in the off season? More like it, um, in terms of you know surrounding our quarterback with weapons. Um, obviously, you know, we are we haven't been able to have uh, a continuity on our offense. And um, it's not an excuse. For, you know, the the, the three starting wideouts that we had envisioned um, for the year, they haven't been able to get on the field together once. We've only had our starting five offensive linemen on the field together for three three games, and so um, and then Sam's missed time. So it's been um, it's been a struggle for continuity, and um, so you know. I, I put the blame on myself for not not having the right depth in here, you know, or, or, or what what I what we did wrong, um, what, what I didn't do to to see these rash injuries coming, um, to stay ahead of it with our strength conditioning and medical team. So there's been a deep dive on a lot of things. Joe, Joe, at some point, uh, you've got to keep your best players, and you have systematically on this roster alone gotten rid of your most talented people, Jamal Adams. Avery Williamson, uh, McClendon, Le'Veon Bell. I, I, at some point, a team has to keep its players. So why are these guys being dispatched? I know the last two guys I mentioned, they're going to be free agents at the end of the year. But why didn't you guys try to sign Jamal Adams? And I was sickened by what he did on Twitter, too. But I just feel that if you had given him the money, he would have stayed. So at some point, you have to keep the talent on your team. Yeah, I think for where we were, we we didn't think that that giving him the money was the right solution uh, long term, you know. And I don't think we were in the position to to give him what he wanted when he wanted it. And I think that's w- w- why what happened happened. Um, but you know, ultimately, there that wasn't the reason we traded him. The, the reason we traded him is a team came out of nowhere and made a tremendous offer on a tremendous player, and it was an offer that we thought with where we were at the time 
that for us to get to where we need to be, we need to build a foundation of draft picks. So Jamal was a very good draft pick. And so um, hopefully we we were able to turn Jamal into multiple good draft picks. But, you know, again, you know, I I need to be judged on those picks when we make them. Uh, Joe, what are we not seeing about what Coach Gase is doing? Because watching week to week, we're, we're not seeing inventive play calling. And although the, the roster hasn't been great, a lot of us just aren't seeing it. What are we missing that you think Coach Gase is doing well? Look, this is not all on, on Coach Gase. Um, again, I talked talk about some of the things that, that I haven't done um, well enough. And, you know, we certainly all share responsibility in this. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, when, when you, when the teams attack our offense, um, the same way, which I think they've been doing the same, the same way almost all year, um, there's, there's a deficiency, um, that, that needs to be addressed. And so, um, you know, I, I, we're, we're continuing to get press covered. We're continuing to get stunts and fronts or stunts and blitzes. And so, um, you know, we, I, I need to make sure we have guys, you know, that can make explosive plays, that can be three-point shooters for us and, and, and have short drives. And so, um, you know, I, I've got I've to, you know, bring those, those players in. But Robbie Anderson, he's having quite a year in Carolina. And from what I know, from what was reported, I could be wrong, Joe, that there was a, a minuscule difference in value and what he got from Carolina and what you supposedly were going to offer him. Why did you let him get away, and do you regret it now? Yeah, um, obviously, you, Robbie's having a great season. Um, I have a ton of respect for Robbie, um, really like Robbie. And obviously, it's hard to be sitting here and watching Robbie have that success somewhere else, um, first off. You know, I look back at what, what I did wrong, um, what I could have done better, better I should say. Um, I think we, I think our our team did a great job of forecasting the market for a lot of positions last year. I think we overshot the wide receiver market. I think, I think we expected Robbie to to really garner a lot more, a lot more offers and a lot more money um, than he did. So when that didn't materialize, um, you know, we were we were a little bit caught off guard by that and that's on me and that's on me and so um i've got to learn from that because obviously you you don't want to be in the business of letting good players um good homegrown players leave your team no we were Joe, everybody but, but I will, i'll say this before you ask the next question you know he, he's struggled with injuries but you know we felt good about what Brashad Perriman would bring, and so he's getting healthy. Unfortunately, he had a concussion last week that he, that uh, that he missed the game. He had explosive plays at the end of the Miami game, and so we need to get him on the field. We need him need to get him on the field with Jamison. We need to get him on the field with Denzel. We need to create some kind of continuity at the offensive skill position. Sorry to interrupt your next question. That's all right. We're talking with Joe Douglas, the Jets journal manager. Joe, every person – forget about what Michael, Don, and Peter say. Every single person with connections to the NFL that we have on the show, expert, so to speak, say that Adam Gase is the problem with the Jets. He's a terrible coach. Then that's the reason that Sam Darnold has taken steps backward, that you cannot grow under Adam Gase. Do you, is there any validity to that? And I'll ask you straight out, why does Adam still have a job? I don't see validity in that. You know, again, I'm going to go back. To, this is not all on Adam. You know, and you know, I, I've I've got to do a better job of, of 
bringing in the players uh, that that can help him. So, um, look, I, I, I want to fix this with him, and I'm going to do everything in my power to help him. But it's what is it about him that you like? What 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 are you seeing that we're not seeing? Beyond the fact that he doesn't have a lot of talent, but where where do you see a coach that deserves to keep his job? Well, I think I think Adam, I think his you know, when he was calling plays early in the year, I think that that he did do a good job in terms of calling the right play against the right defense. The execution wasn't there. You know, I think there's a lot of different reasons for that. You know, um, but um, you know, I, th- I think I think we just haven't been able, whether it's continuity, whether it's only having our offensive line together for three games, whether it's having almost a different wide receiver group uh, every week, the time we miss with Sam, I, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of reasons for us being where we are right now, and I don't think it all falls on one person. So would you say, though, because we felt... We, the Jets felt that that 6-2 and two close last year was something. It meant something moving forward. Can we now look back and see that 6-2 and two close last year as fool's gold? I felt the same way as you guys, uh, and I said it multiple times. Um, and obviously, you know, we're, we are where we are right now, and um, we, hate, we, we hate where we are right now. Um, but again, everyone in the building has to, own, has to own it, and we have to do everything we can individually to try to make it better. And I know that there's, there hasn't been any, any quit in this locker room despite all the negativity. And um, it's it's just it's important for us to to keep that mindset, you know, to try to try to get better every day, to try to to try to string good practices together, good quarters together. And I think you did see it the last two weeks. We've been able to put two good first halves together. We haven't been able to carry it to the second half offensively. So we have to that that's the next progression that we need to have. We need to we need to have a, a full game instead of a good half. Now, I don't want to belabor this point, but it is the, 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 the foremost thing on your fan base's minds. And, I'm, I, Joe, I'm, I'm not a guy who thinks that anybody should run a team according to what fans say because fans don't have the long view. They have the short view. But your fan base does not like this coach to any extent whatsoever. And they, they almost feel, all right, let's get through the season, and it's a fait accompli. He's going to be gone. And, Joe, I'm going to ask you because I'm just trying to listen to your question, your answers. It doesn't seem like it's a fait accompli. He's going to be gone, even if you guys are 0-16. Yeah, I mean, look, I've said, I've said it before. Like, my, my hope is that we can, we can fix this problem together. And it's, it's, easy, it's easy to pick on one person, you know, and it's easy to, it's easy to pick on the head coach. It's, it's easy to pick on the quarterback. I mean, I think those are convenient targets. But it's, it's all of us. It's all of us. And, um, you know, it, it, the, the goal is to fix us all together. I, it just, it's frustrating for us, Joe, because we like talking to you, and you're very open and honest. We talk to you. We talk to Sam every Monday. Sam says it's on him. You're saying it's on you. I, 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 just, I just don't know when, when is it okay to blame the coach, right? I mean, it, it, it's, you're the worst team in football. Period. And at least you've only had one year here. He's been a coach in this league for five years, went to the playoffs once, including right. four straight years of missing the playoffs. So uh, why is there no accountability on the coach? Sam says it's on him. You say it's on you. When is When are we going to hear that it's on Gase, or at least responsibility to the head coach? Look, I'm not going to sit. I'm not going to sit here and 
and blame or point fingers at anybody. Um, so I, I need to look in the mirror and I need to say, I need to focus on what I can do better, what I can do better. And I have to get as many great people, great players as I can to help this organization. And, and I know that there are a ton of good people here. And so we're, we're working together. Um, we're working together to do that. We're, we're sitting here right now, and we have, a, we have a group of rookies that weren't on the field together playing football until October 21st. Okay, and again, that's on me to make sure that we're, I'm working with the strength conditioning staff and and medical staff to get these guys healthy to stay out in front of soft tissue injuries. But we have a group of rookies that got on the field together October 21st to show a lot of promise, and we're trying to develop develop these guys and progress these guys over the next eight games. We have nine picks in next year's draft. We have nine picks in the 2022 draft. Of those picks, eight of those picks are top or top three rounds. So there, there, there is a reason. There is a silver lining. It's it's unfortunate that we are where we are, but we have to be in the player development business. I have to look in the mirror. We have to be the best individual player development team in the National Football League moving forward with all this draft capital, with all these picks, and that's my sole focus right now. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Joe, has, has Sam gotten a fair shot? Do you think Sam Darnold's gotten a fair opportunity to prove what he's capable of? This year, Sam has, I mean, like I said, we haven't had our top three receivers on the field. We've had a, we've had a mix and match of offensive linemen. Um, and Sam, Sam is the definition of toughness and grit. And like you said, like you said, you know, he's, he's, he says it's on him, but it's the continuity hasn't been there. It's, it's, it's not fair to sit here and make any snap judgment on Sam Darnold with, with what we've had this year. So, um, my feelings on Sam, they haven't changed since when I got here. Um, Sam, Sam's going to be a hell of a quarterback in this league. He's 23 years old. He gets better every day. We need to develop continuity around him. We need to, we need to surround him with players. You might be faced with quite a I – mean, you have a lot of decisions you're going to have to make, but if your team does go 0-16 or 1-15, they're going to be two um, projected outstanding quarterbacks staring you in the face. Are you committed to staying with Sam, or is it something that, that could change if you do have the first or second pick? I do think I, one. I'm not even really thinking about. I'm not, I'm not going that far into draft strategy or talking about college players. I do think Sam Darnold is is the quarter, is the quarterback of the future for this team. I do think that. I think he's like I said. He's a 23 year old quarterback that does improve. We need we need to surround him with better players, and that's that's on me. There also seems to be, Joe, and you're always honest with us, that when a new GM comes in, he wants to rid himself of everything that the old GM had. Well, 
the old GM is McCagnins. It's not the old uh, the old quarterback is McCagnins. I mean, is it important for a GM to get rid of everybody that the guy had? Because systematically, it seems like that's what you're doing, getting rid of all of McCagnins' players. So is that come into play? No, I didn't. I didn't walk in here and say this is my guy. This is this is someone else's guy. I mean, as soon as I walked in here, it was like these are our guys. Like we're we're going to do everything we can to help help these guys. So we've you know since I've been here, you know we've tried to evaluate every every person regardless of who brought them in here, and determine if they have a um, if if they fit in our long term plans. So, um, yeah, I, I would not say that, you know, any decisions have been made based on this was my guy or this was his guy. Uh, the way that it's always been by committee, right, Joe? You talk to Chris Johnson. Adam Gase talks to Chris Johnson. When this season is over, who has the ultimate call on who the head coach is, um, who the, what you're going to do in the draft? Do you have that ultimate call or is it still by committee when a decision like that is made? You know, in the draft, you know, we worked together. I think we had a great process, um, even though we were working through uh, the pandemic and we were doing all these meetings via Zoom. Um, it, it, it was a great collaboration with our entire staff um, to, to come up with uh, the players that we thought could best, best help us moving forward. Well, let me phrase it this way, because I'm getting back to Gase and just decisions. I mean, are you attached at the hip with Adam, or, or, or can you give an honest evaluation of his performance if asked by Chris Johnson? Well, no, I mean, we look, I mean, ultimately, the, the decision on either one of us is, is on Christopher. So, um, you know, but I, you know, we, haven't even, we haven't even had discussions about what you guys are talking about. We didn't get a chance to talk to you when you did it. Um, why? Why move Le'Veon Bell? I think the Le'Veon decision. Um, that was that was a decision where we we got to the point after after uh, that particular game, and it was. I think it's best for both parties if we go our separate ways. It's best for Le'Veon if he gets a fresh start elsewhere. And, and I, I really respect Le'Veon. Um, I had a ton of great, a ton of good conversations with him over the last two years. And I, I think it was at the point where, um, hey, it's it's, it's not going to work out here. Um, you know, let's uh, let's let's get you an opportunity somewhere else. Um, there, we, we couldn't get a trade done, so we just got to the point we gave ourselves a deadline. If we don't get a trade done here, done by by this point, um, we're gonna we're gonna let Le'Veon go and give him give him an opportunity to go elsewhere. And uh, you know he's in Kansas City now. All right. So since he's in Kansas City, maybe now the truth can be told, and maybe you know the answer to this. Is it true that Gase wanted no part of Le'Veon Bell and McCagnin signed him on his own? Yeah, I mean that was. That was well before I even set foot in this building, you know. So I, I wasn't. I, I'm not privy to that process, and you know how how that all came to be. But did Gase tell you he liked him here, or if you could move him, move him? No, Adam. Adam did everything. Um, I feel like Adam did everything he could to make this relationship work. Um, you know, I know when I first got here, um, he showed me he showed me the cut ups of all of his best runs from Pittsburgh. And you know, based on based on his feedback from Le'Veon, and I know that was that was a big part of what he was doing moving into training camp last year. Is this weird. harder than you thought it was going to be when you took this job? Is this a bigger build than you thought it was going to be? No, no. I think I went in this with eyes wide open. You know, I knew that there was, I, I knew there was the fo- the focus was going to be. Um, 
look, I, I said it with the media guys. I'll say it here. Like, if you look at any successful organization, no matter the sport, you know, the focus is on drafting and developing. You're not going to have long. You're not going to have sustained success without that. So, you know, um, I feel like the last two years we've worked to try to heal ourselves financially. If that makes sense, I think we're on our way to doing that. And right now, like I told you guys, we have to draft better. We have to draft better. We have to develop these guys, and we have to keep these guys. And I think with the picks we had last year, with the picks we have coming up in the next two years, I mean, these this is a huge time frame for us in terms of um, we have we have to hit on these draft picks. These guys have to be the foundation of our franchise moving forward, and we have to do everything in our power to develop them both on and off the field. I mean, when you talk about drafting better and just redoing this roster, how is there any timetable? Like, how long do you think this this could take before we start seeing better football? Look, I'm I'm excited about this draft class. I think the last couple of weeks have given you something to be excited about. Um, and again, we're looking at nine picks next year, nine picks after that. So there's going to be a real influx of young talent. And um, we, you know, we've also given ourselves some, some financial flexibility with the moves we've made over the last year and a half so that if the right opportunity does present itself in free agency or trade, we can be involved in those discussions. So I don't, I don't want to put a time frame on exactly when, but we've, we've got a ton of good people. We've got, we've got a lot of ammunition in, in the draft, and you know, we, we're, we're really excited about this. I'm told that you have to go one quick question before you leave. The last eight games, will they decide whether or not Sam Darnold's here next year? Look, I think I think Sam's like I said. I think Sam is the quarterback of the future. So I, I'm not going to put that on the next eight games. Um, I think I think our whole I think everything in the next eight games is going to be on progress. Progress from our young guys. Progress from our veteran guys. Progress from everybody. You know, we just we just need to do we need to do everything better. We need to do simple better. So um, that that's the focus over the next eight games. Joe, thank you for being uh, so willing to take the questions. We appreciate it. Good luck moving forward. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 2.55 on 98.7 ESPN in New York, the ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey, Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.